To the Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with Charlotte Littlefield. Good How are you George. doing, Charlotte? Everything going great? Yeah, it's wonderful out here in the uh, Texas Hill Country. We How's got, uh, William? How's that little doggy of yours? Oh, I've had a sick puppy on my hands. Yes, um, he seems to be doing fine. Thank you, George. You got a third child now, right? <laughs> <laughs> a 15-pound walking heart. We've got uh, a Texas Book Festival going on down around the Texas Capitol. I was down there earlier. We're going to have some updates during the second hour on that. But tonight, we want to welcome one of the finest guests that we, we've ever had, and his name is Alan Watt. Welcome to our program, Alan. It's a pleasure to be back on with you. Our, 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 our ratings soar when you come on with us. <laughs> yeah, I never had time to put up on the web either, so uh, I hope they listen in. Okay, tell us your website and what, you, what all you have on there. It's cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and there's also a European one. It's Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu. And I have uh, oh, hundreds of talks filling in the histories of the, the power elite, as we call them, uh, that have been running the world, basically, for an awful long time. And I, I give all the, the background to do with the foundations and how they funnel their money through the NGOs to bring in this new uh, utopia they claim they're going to bring in. And uh, so I, I try and fill a, uh, it in for the people who are just coming in or waking up to what's really happening. I try to give them the background, and they can go to that website and download as many of the shows as possible, and I give them shortcuts to understanding. Yeah, we've got a, a click off on it. Go ahead, Charlotte. Oh, George, I was going to say, um, uh, Alan and George, uh, this is our George's and, and my uh, two-year anniversary. As of, I, I believe, this show, George, we've been on the radio together for two years. Two years today. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like yesterday, Alan. <laughs> no arguments yet. There you go. You haven't fallen out yet. No. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com is your website, right? Yeah. But, oh, Charlotte's a wonderful lady. And She's we really. Have a Easy to travel with and get along with, and she's really she really pulls more than her weight, Alan. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Alan. I think the last time we had, or last time, uh, one of the memorable shows we've had with you was at the uh, Texas uh, Book Depositories, the library yes. where JFK. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was very yeah, interesting. That was on on the 25th of November 2007, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, we we uh, we played. We did some tricky recordings of a spoof on a, a JFK thing, and we had four full hours there. That that was quite something. Long day. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. With you on the air, it goes by very too quickly, Alan. <laughs> Alan, you're amazing. Uh, you know, I've noticed uh, what's happening out here in the Patriot Movement. It's changing. Uh, how is is the Patriot Movement changing, Alan? I, I think it, it's maybe changing on cue, to be honest with you, because um, I often go into the histories of how the world is planned generations are planned in advance in fact and those who are bringing on the moves that we're seeing today in the world uh, had this basically on the books many many years ago but they also looked at all segments of society including uh, the patriot movement and how they would react to the big changes and the totalitarian system which is frankly uh, out in the open and in our face now and they, they prepared certain people's I think to to enter it, um, maybe across the pond, as they say. You know, and, Alan. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, Alex uh, Jones uh, just had Michael Tesarian on his program. I believe it was about two or three weeks ago. Uh huh. I, I thought that was an interesting crossroads. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's um, there's a few of them who all know each other very well over and the other, as I say, across the pond. And um, I've had emails from them in the past, not very nice ones, when I, I said I wouldn't sort of go along with them. And uh, what they're doing is bringing in, basically, uh, the New Age movement into patriotism. And personally, this is my opinion, I can see how it will work, because we've already got the terms banded about now of conspiracy and conspiracy movements and that was given by the elite for us to copy in fact and, and some people in the movement uh, were, were quite happy with that term conspiracy which sounds freakish to those who, have, who haven't really woken up or who, or who are just starting to wake up so now they're adding to it the new age too which makes it even more absurd you know um, you, you've got people who are reading tarot cards and, and bringing that into the New Age movement, uh, the Patriot movement. You've got people who claimed that they were the reincarnation of Jesus Christ um, uh, into the, the Patriot movement. And they've had big build-ups, some of these people. And you'll find, too, they all uh, knock Christianity more than any other religion. And as I say, if you're going to knock religion, let's have equal opportunity knocking. And that means that the, the New Age is open for, for knocking as well. I don't see why it's exempt from, from uh, uh, in fact, most of the people who are in this, this uh, New Age patriot movement, um, their main enemy happens to be Christianity for some reason, which is a, a historical reason, in fact, and they're doing a good job of it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the tarot cards, I've studied them um, extensively. I tried divination one night. I shut the lights out, lit a candle, and I, I tried to tell the future, uh, but my crystal ball was broken. And I realized yeah. that, and I realized that she um, broke her crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that the uh, the tarot cards is actually potentially this is uh, where I come from. It is that it, it was a mechanism for thinking independently, for uh, thinking for yourself outside of the constraints of organized religion that you know during the Middle Ages and in past history was you know you either you know went along or you were annihilated. And I think the, uh, the Gypsy, the Bohemian, um, the Bohemian Empire, you know, back from that age, that the tarot cards supposedly come, you know, predate that. 
um, I don't know, I'm so, you know... It comes from, from southern Spain into, into, into France in the, the early Middle Ages, and you find it was a movement um, coupled with the Kabbalah, which is all through the New Age movement. It came in with talismans and fortune-telling and so on. Uh, but so I, my, Alan, my take on that was that these mechanisms were a antithesis, if you will, to, um, to the constraints that were on the population, and that mm -hmm. was a mechanism for them to allow them to think for themselves, if you will. I don't think that anybody that has lived on this planet for any you know, time period, duration of time, thinks that they can actually foretell the future in cards or you know, in a crystal ball or anything like that. And I, and I saw that as a sort of a fighting back thing. It looks like to me, though, sometimes, Charlotte and, and Alan, that these things are put forward like the, the, the latest, greatest uh, inside thing. You know what I mean? And, and they, 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 like a gnosis, like a real inside straight. You know, you're going to do this, and then things are going to be happy. You know what I mean? They, 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 it's sort of more like a hustle that I see. Well, this is the key to it. It's a, there's a hustle because it's been used before. And what, what you find is, is even kings, kings and, and queens often had their astrologers, for instance, and they had their tarot card readers and the crystal ball gazers. And these people held quite a lot of power at court over royalty. And it wasn't long before organized groups could actually manipulate uh, governments, uh, kings and queens. And didn't Ronald Reagan's wife, didn't she, was she into some kind of astrology and stuff too? I think she was, uh, and she was into, you, you find a lot of them are, and um, even I think Mackenzie King, who was a Prime Minister of Canada, used to have mediums uh, in his home to help him guide uh, the country for the future. Uh, you'll find this is a fairly common thing with some of the high ones. Maybe they make the that table move and float around too. Hey, we got to cut away. We'll be right back. Thank you. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield. Alan, uh, what do you think? Welcome back, Alan. What? Yes, yeah, a pleasure to be here. Uh, what, what, uh, you know, the Patriot movement to me, uh, here's the way I sort of see it laid out, is that, that Ron Paul had something going and he ignited, a, and, you know, a lot of people, he motivated a lot of young people across the board, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the Patriot movement was already there before Ron Paul came along, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was it was lingering out there. I mean, we were part of that thing in the 90s and the 80s, right? And then all of a sudden, and you were there further back than that, and then all of a sudden, Ron Paul sort of galvanized and and sort of, uh, you know, brought things together on a concerted effort to elect someone, you know? Now, is that what, uh, is there an operation out there where they're running the new age into the Patriot to dilute it or to... There's no it? doubt. 20-odd uh, years ago, uh, some powers in Britain set up Zachariah Sitchin, who turned out about 12 or 13 books in a series. And it really caught the minds of young people. It caught them up so quickly. It was written almost like a science fiction uh, set of, of uh, volumes. 
But basically, he came up with his own theories and his own interpretation of the Sumerian tablets. And uh, according to him, were all made by the Anunnaki. You hear this all over the place, Anunnaki in the New Age. And the Anunnaki, of course, were supposedly the ancient gods of Sumer. But uh, Sitchin changed them into spacemen. And uh, we were created supposedly to be inferior types and uh, base slaves. So we can't fight them, technically. We're too stupid and silly and small to fight them. So it was a psychological operation. Because if you believe that you're created to be uh, an inferior type slave with a very small brain, you couldn't ever beat your masters. And this is rampant throughout the New Age. And a lot of guys were put out afterwards to build on Sitchin's theories. And you'll find the present group who built on Sitchin's theories out there today in the Patriot Movement. And mixing uh, fantasy with, with fact the facts about the, the NGOs. You the know, you make a good so point. You know, you know that zeitgeist and all yeah. that. They're, what about that? Uh, what I see there is that that those young people, whoever put it together, I think it's Peter. What is his name? Peter Joseph. Joseph. Okay. What they did, I went into that. Okay, and and he he talks about scarcity too much, so I went and looked at post scarcity. And what I found in post-scarcity, it was all science fiction-based. Yeah. See what I mean? Yes. Um, and I so it was drawn this. into that, that zeitgeist, and, but there was no practicality there that I see of making a living and running a society. No, it's not. It's fictitious the, and fantasy world. Yeah, what they always promise you, and they've done this for a long time, is always promise the followers a utopia. We've had this for a long time, the utopian idea. Right, and, and of course, we're talking about zeitgeist addenda. Yes. Um, there, there were a few of them. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, that's the, the one I, I saw la the last, and then I, I listened to him on, on Alex Jones, and I began to look at some key words that he was saying, mm -hmm. but it was a very heavy collective uh, type of uh, uh, a viewpoint, a worldview, and it, and it and it had, he was said scarcity, must have said seven or eight times he said the word scarcity. Yes, because what they're bringing into it is sustainable development. You well, you know, that came out of the Club of Rome way back. Yes. And this, uh, this is the mantra today with all the big uh, foundations, sustainable development, reduction of population. So smart smart development, utopia. too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, about, um, let's talk about those Georgia Guidestones a little bit, if you don't mind, gentlemen. Um, yeah. I'm under the impression a, a person by the name of um, a Wilcox, David Wilcox, I mm -hmm. believe was his name. Um, that I, I, I heard him say, and, and I haven't seen, and also a gentleman by the name of William Henry. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, anyways, I thought I heard either in one of those presentations that the Georgia Guidestones were actually uh, encircled with Hollywood trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, of course, you know, has pretty, you know, significant meaning as far as Hollywood. Um, you know, deck the halls with boughs of holly. Yeah. Magic uh, and stuff, isn't it? It's occultic, huh? Potentially. It's um, a grove. They used to use a holly, the evergreen, for it comes through the winter, has the red berries as well. And so, so they, they also use hollywood for the staff as a magician. So, so they always have a staff of hollywood, and they cast a spell by hollywood. They, they alter your perceptions by illusion. That's why they call Hollywood the, the movie capital of the world. Well, they really alter our whole perception, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> well, really not in, yeah. in increments, in increments. 
it's not, you know, not one movie is uh, totally, but yeah, eventually. It yeah, but synergistically together with all of them, you know, you know why, why I see too with the inventions that we've been able to replay all this stuff, you know, through tape recorders, VCRs, and then now it's uh, DVD players and all. We just can really, you know, comp- continue to program ourselves at a higher level. Yes. And most programming comes through fiction, and it has to be very enticing fiction. And we've, we've been bombarded with sci-fi yeah, we have. for our whole you lives know, long. Yeah. I, I've heard of, uh, uh, well, actually, I stumbled upon, I was studying my clan. I'm, uh, my, uh, my birth name is Rossi, R-O-S-S-I. Uh-huh. And um, I was out searching my coat of arms, you know, and these things. And I ran across this website, uh, Clan of Rossi, and which uh, mentioned the Bach saga. Have you, um, are you familiar with that yet, Alan? The, the Bach saga? It's a B-O-C-K, Bach Saga. Bach Saga, no. Yeah, it's out of Finland. And there's a gentleman up there, and he's starting to gain popularity. And um, But anyways, I just wanted to put that out there. It was very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, well. you know uh, I, I started looking at this stuff in the uh, early, late six, uh, 80s, excuse me, when I started getting online. You know, we had those... These uh, before the uh, networks, well, actually, Prodigy was one of the first, and I saw all of these different new age groups, and they weren't very prevalent. Now they have built into, they're institutionalizing all of that. Yes, it's essential because Gorbachev and, and many others have said that they're creating a new world religion, which is based on a form of, of earth or nature worship for the masses. That is Gaia, right. Gaia. Yeah, and I believe the heart chakra is categorized as green. <laughs> well, I could see, be wrong. Green, green is also the sacred color of communism. Red is for revolution. Green is a sacred color of, of the Sovietized world system, and that's why you have the Green Party, and you'll find that many of the, the New Agers and the ones who are doing the patriot movement uh, are belonging to the, the Green Party, in fact. What what about on television? They have this this orange and this blue. Are those UN colors or what? Uh, orange stands for the House of Orange, okay. which is the the, the royal um, seat in in Holland. Uh, that's uh, it's almost it's got basically what the bloodless revolution they came over in 1688 and took yeah, in. Yeah, yes, yeah. The, and the, the Hague and orange. They brought all that money system to deal with them too, didn't they? Yes, and the World Court. Yeah. yeah. Then they had the the uh, uh, Bank of England established shortly thereafter. Yes, <laughs> it, it so happens. It's perfect timing, isn't it? It's always let's perfect talk, timing. Let's talk 9/11 when we come back, gentlemen. If you don't okay. mind. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Alan. We'll be right back. Appreciate it. You're listening to GCN, the Genesis Communications Radio Network. Secret Truth. Welcome back. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield. Welcome back, Alan White. It's a pleasure. Uh, uh, 9-11. 9-11. What is that about, Charlotte? Well, oh. I, I have a question. You got an um, itch? Excuse me? You got, you got an itch about that? I got an itch about 9-11, yeah. You know, um, uh, Alan, there's been a lot of concern uh, that we'll have another false flag attack. 
And, um, you know, the, I, the Illuminati apparently use uh, some sort of system and numerology, if you will, or perhaps astrology or something. Who knows what they're going off of. Um, but so what are your thoughts about the current developments with the election in the United States? Um, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you're still up in Canada? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and potentially, um, you know, what's going on uh, with what do you, how do you see their, um, their next move, if you will? Uh, I think if they don't have to come up with another big major crisis, and the public just accept the way it's going, which is more and more totalitarianism and loss of freedoms um, happening all the time, uh, more surveillance on everyone, um, then they won't have to use something drastic. But I'm sure they've got plan A, B, and C, and D in the wings just in case uh, the, the, the public don't go along with it. But we do know they're, they're expecting riots for 30 years from the Department of the Defense, both, both in the U.S. and in Britain, came out with pretty well identical uh, forecasts for the next 30 years where they see rioting across the whole Western world. And what they don't go into is, is really the, the causes, so much the causes of the rioting. Well, we know it's going to be food shortages and so on because this is the time for crisis creation. It's the time to bring in a new world order, as they keep telling us. And that also means a new economic order, but it also means they want to have their planned society uh, worldwide, and this is a form of family planning, only it's the global village family, and they want to vastly reduce the population, and food will be used as a weapon. Food now is in the hands of five agri-food businesses internationally, and they now are restricting the world's food supplies with their GMO foods. GMO foods was touted, and it's a must-be, as they say in the high masons or masonry, it's a must-be scenario, because all the reports that have come in from GMO uh, food uh, and the crops so that it, it actually produces up to 30% less um, produce uh, at harvest time than the old stuff did so it's not going to be the world's saviour um, I think it's going to be part of our destruction and food will be used as a weapon, I think that will be part of the riots, the economic system is to be totally altered till we come out of this uh, as world servants, to, be, to serve the world state and that's been publicly said at the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. So uh, we're looking at a whole new way of life where the individual's life is planned from them or for them from birth to death. That literally is what they're talking about, this whole new world order system that they're bringing in right now. Do you have any uh, insights into this financial summit that, that's going to be held the 15th of this month? Yes, it's only a, what it is. You have to go into the last... A big summit they had in World War II at the Bretton Woods where they signed the agreement and they took everything off the gold standard. They put fractional reserve banking in where you could, you could loan out about nine times of that which you had in deposit. You could loan out fictional money and uh, uh, that was part one of Bretton Woods. The next part of Bretton Woods, which they're actually calling it part two, is to bring in a new economic order which is coupled with sustainable development and the whole world greening project, in other words, population reduction, etc., etc., etc. That's all going to be tied into the new economic system, which they'll eventually phase in. 
Yeah, I think the uh, the November 15th meeting is going to be very telling. Yes, and uh, amazingly enough, I read an article the other night on the radio where I think 600 non-governmental organizations had representatives uh, at these these particular world meetings with the big bankers and so on. Now, what we're, what we're seeing now is the real meaning of democracy. Democracy is not for the people, never was. Democracy is actually um, big power lobby groups funded by the foundations who are directing the course of the world and how we shall live, and, and etc. It's done by dictate, and uh, they're the ones who are now really leading the, the, the charge for democracy, which is just a code term for the Sovietization of the world. The Soviet system, Soviet means rule by councils, and the, the Soviet system had lots of non-governmental organizations that pretended to speak on behalf of the people. In fact, their leaders were always chosen by the Politburo. Over in the Western countries, we have thousands of NGOs, all funded by the big foundations, and their leaders are also supplied by the foundations themselves. So it's the same system, and this is the blending of the Sovietized system with that of the West. Yeah, I picked up on that. You know, Alvin and, and Heidi Teufler that wrote those series of books? Yeah. Uh, you know, what, Future Shock and all that? They were really uh, quite, uh, uh, they were supportive of all the NGOs and all that. Oh, absolutely. And and Alvin Toffler, um wrote another book called The Third Way. Yes. And it was the blending of communism and capitalism uh, together. And Newt Gingrich was his main spokesman for, for when they published the book. Newt was given out hundreds of those books away on the congressional steps to all the, the congressmen uh, that were there. So, so they're all for this whole agenda of population reduction and the Sovietization of the world, run, of course, by the same elite uh, that already run the Western uh, world, but like a bureaucratic, a mass bu- a bureaucracy running all the people below them right down to the, to the You know, this level. new summit, this financial summit, is, is uh, the G20 plus China. Now, yeah. what are they going to, are they going to reorder all the currencies? Or are they going to set and devalue the American dollar? Or, or are they going to have a, um, essentially a world currency uh, de facto, if you will? They'd love to bring in the single world, world currency. Uh, however, what they'll probably do is create... Um, Remember, there's to be three main trading blocks in the world when we're all under the United Nations, which will be the front government for the big boys. And uh, Europe already has the euro, and they're going to bring out the Amero for America, and Canada, Mexico, and a few other countries in Latin America. And they'll bring one out for the Pacific Rim. But they'll all be on a par. I've no doubt they'll they'll, they'll bring it out to be on a par with the euro. Right. Well, I'm potentially... um there might be a de facto world currency, if you will, out of this November 15th summit, yeah. whether or not we actually transition to the American well, have to, The existing currencies have to be transitioned into something mm-hmm. for some kind of agreement about exchanging into these other main currencies. Would you accept that, Anna? Uh, absolutely. They have to get some standardization process where the euros, for instance, will be this, the exact same worth as the Amero. Yeah, and, something. Yeah. They're going to, and then the dollar is going to be <laughs> devalued. It looks like. Yes, and, and gradually phased out. Whenever they bring in a new currency, they generally half the, the, the purchasing power of the of the new uh, by when bringing the new one. 
is worth half of the old one, basically. I'm getting rid of my script, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've done this so many times, though, in the past in Europe that, that you can tell down through history when they do it. What, what is it about the Europeans? Do they? Uh, someone uh, just gave me some information recently. This is their take on it in the Netherlands. They said it's getting very capitalistic over there now. What did they mean by that? Does that have any validity? Um, not really. Um, it depends what they really mean by it. Uh, yeah. The, the, the money, see, every, the whole world is run on this money. Sure, it's a money and system, yeah. It's one system. They've closed all the loopholes to stop you living independently outside the system. Uh, if you try to do that, they come along with tape measure, measure your plot of land in your shack, and tax you for property. So you oh, they'll give money. your land to some commercial venture like yeah. they did in Connecticut. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you. Hey, we well, got to take a, a break business, here. Yeah. What's that? The world is a business, to say. It is. It's a big business, a big deal. Hey, we've got to cut away. We'll be right back. Thank you, Adam. 257 weeks. But you could be waiting for a day that won't come. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charles Littlefield. Alan, welcome back. It's a pleasure. You know, I was wondering, um, I often wonder if Europe, you know, Italy, Spain, France, um, you know, United Kingdom, Britain, England, Ireland, Scotland, um, and all the other countries up north, do they, do they have a patriot movement like we do here in America? I mean, are there people that think like us over there? There are people who think the same way. They, they know what's happening. Um, the problem with Europe is so old, and I've never really known the kind of freedom that they've had in the United States. They've never, ever had that, that kind. And in fact, they've had basically so many years of financial, uh, I call it depression, not recessions, that they're kind of beaten down. And they also have massive uh, governments, massive bureaucracies and departments and ministries of this and that and the other that you can't turn or do anything without permission. Uh, in other words, uh, you, you feel um, subjugated. And in fact, they are because most of them are monarchies, even though they call them democracies. They're, they're, they're still under kind of uh, the strange uh, monarchy-type democracy where the, the queen or a king um, has to sign every law into being. Uh, the, the parliaments can't do it on their own. It all goes to, to the king or queen for approval. Uh, so where does democracy come in there? They've never had the voice. Um, they've never even been taught about their rights and freedoms as they, they were in the U.S. when they used to teach them in the school and, and uh, they'd recite the Bill of Rights and so on. Um, they never had any of that in Europe. So, you, so they're very despondent and, and depressed, basically, I think. But there are a lot of people who are up on what is happening in the world. There, there may be even a head of the U.S. on what's really happening, but as far as having any idea what to do about it, um, they don't have the, the kind of fortitude the U.S. Has, has created through having freedoms in the past. Right. I do have a question for you, Alan, um, pertaining to the word democracy itself. Yeah. I find it, it's eerily 
uh, close to the word demo or de- demon, uh, yeah. you know, D-E-M-O-N. And, um, and, of course, I think it comes from the Greek, the people or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they had... Israel. Yeah, so, but, but demo and like demonstration, demonstration, yeah, and then right. demon, like a demon from hell, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, what's your take on the word, the actual word democracy? Oh, it does have many occultic meanings, and you're on the right track with it. And uh, the big people, you see, the big people gave the public what they thought was democracy as a, a front to stop them from having revolutions every few years. And the idea being that you could always vote a new bunch in and get rid of the last corrupt bunch. That's how democracy really works. You don't really vote new people in. You're voting the present ones out. You're so sick of them. Uh, But it stops you from having revolutions. In reality, the whole of Europe has been run by basically uh, monarchies and their secret societies for centuries. They, they They never ever intended to share power with the people. Never, ever. And if you read even Alexander Hamilton, uh, his writings on what he thought of democracy, uh, he spoke really, and he, he was um, elitist along the same lines as Britain, but he said, he says, what do, what do I think of the public? He says, I think the public, sir, is a beast. And, and that was always the, the European uh, arist- uh, the aristocracy's uh, point of view. It hasn't changed so it, it's, a, it's a, a front show. Politics is a front show. Well, there's a parallel government that really runs the whole system. Well, you know, this, this election now is a good example of what you just said. Mm-hmm. It's a put-up job to make people think they have a real voice in, in electing someone. Yes. You see, the elite studied the, the French Revolution very carefully, and, uh, and they got kind of scared, too, to see so many of their acquaintances and, and their cousins have their heads chopped off. And they vowed it would never happen to them. And so they set up this idea of democracy that would be phased in over a couple of hundred years. We don't realize that democracy has had many different meanings in Britain. And the average person couldn't even vote in Britain unless you had property, and a lot of property, uh, up until World War I. And then they gave it to the ordinary people to get them to join the army because they were using so many young men up fighting their wars. Uh, they gave them the vote. So we, 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 democracy is a feint, as I say, it's a front, so that you don't have revolutions every few years. But we can see it now, uh, after 9-11, when every country in Europe came out simultaneously with the same anti-terrorism bill, martial law scenario, that told you that all of these countries had a parallel government that was in concert, working together long before 9-11 happened, to have it all ready to go. Uh, so quickly, and they're all identical. So, so right now uh, they're getting they're getting closer to perfecting the plan. Uh, the the plan is that ha, have you heard that referred to as the plan? Yes, and we, we find even again Professor Carl Quigley, who was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations in the American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and he said that in the 1960s, he said, this parallel government has run the U.S. for the last 60 years. And so it's still here today. It is a parallel government. Margaret Thatcher talked about it, uh, that she belonged to it. She said that openly on her uh, world tour 
and the, the, the title of our, our, our speech, our talks, was, was the New World Order, the coming New World Order. And, Alan, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I may interrupt your thought. Um, I, I do have a question pertaining to uh, definitions of the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah. A lot of times in the English-speaking world, we have like four or five, sometimes more than that, definitions for words that we commonly use. Yeah. Um, do they... Did, oh, the um, the global elite, you know, the Illuminati or whatever. Do they do they actually use our language against us? Uh, absolutely. And in, in fact, one of the greatest things that was done uh, right after 9/11 was the speech that said um, to the public, uh, "You're either uh, with us or you're with the terrorists." And that was a declaration of war on the public, basically. But it also, you see, when the U.S. was set up by Freemasons, and there's no doubt that it was Freemasons who set it up, that's public knowledge, and Franklin wrote about it too, and he toasted George Washington as the first Grand Master of these United States, and that's in his own writings. Uh, so you, you find that the password that they took from, from the French, uh, the Grand Lodge, the Grand Orient Lodge, was, was new, which means us, U.S., and of course, it go back into Greek, new meant us, spirit. U.S., yes, I yeah. see that. When I read, I see us instead of U.S. nowadays. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and of course, U.S., as I say, uh, means us, basically, in French. Um, right. Uh, or, or new, N-O-U-S. Mm-hmm. And that was the password that they were using in the, at the time of Washington uh, in the Masonic Lodges. And going back into the Greek, ancient Greek civilization, N-O-U-S meant spirit, and that was used in their old old lodges as well. So this is an ongoing thing. So right in front of the public, as Albert Pike said, said, we can always speak freely in front of the public, and only we know what we're really saying. The public will hear and get another meaning from it and never catch on. It seems like that male ego loves to be boosted up to some new higher degree, doesn't it? You know, Alan, there is a a term in the American um, vernacular, if you will, it's called what's coming down the pike. Yeah. And uh, I've I've often associated that with, um, with, you know, the establishment of the Bavarian Illuminati. Yes. Um, But most people that I bring this up with, they don't make that association. I've used it in military settings and had it, uh, reflect well on myself. I've seen it on blogs. Um, what about that term, coming down the pike? What is that? Well, well coming down the pike is another meaning. Actually, a pike was also a, a lance, a spear, a long spear. And something coming down your spear means you, you literally speared your enemy. Uh, so there's another Correct. meaning to it. Albert Pike is a Masonic created name, a Masonically created name. Uh, Albert, if you put an H in front of it and drop it in the English language, because they often drop the H's, uh, and uh, Halbert is also an axe with a, a spearhead on top, and then oh, Pike is a second spear. It's, it's all weaponry, yeah. Alan, you're awesome. This has been a fabulous hour with you. It's been a pleasure, yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you, you just you just astound me every time that you're with us, you know that? So, so what's what's your what's your advice right now? Before we we've got thirty forty seconds left. I, I think people have to again differentiate between fact and fiction, and don't mix the two together. Yeah, get out of this fantasy world. Get back into reality, right? We have to. That's all we have. That, that's what about really... the language? Get back to the language, folks. Yep. Oh, English ain't hard, Charlotte. <laughs> well, 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 
The French call them the angles because they are angles in masonry. And they're figuring out they're more Thanks, angles Colin. than you can, can uh, compute. Hey, we got to go. Thank you very much. Bye now. Thanks, yeah. Colin. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.